Okay, I want to welcome everybody to True Life Online today. We're only going to be saying that for a short time, and we'll be welcoming people back into the auditorium as well as online. So I'm Pastor Perry, one of the ministers here. Uh, Pastor Michael is taking a much-needed vacation. He'll be back with us. But uh, just wanted to welcome everybody today here. Just a couple of quick things before we get started. Wanted to remind everybody of Serve Day coming up on July the 11th. Make sure you go online and sign up. We're still looking for some uh, other ideas of some things we can do to serve our community. And mark it down because July the 19th we'll be beginning service back here uh, at the uh, at the church and in the auditorium. So mark your calendars, get ready for it. It's going to be an exciting time. We'll start back with three services and we're encouraging people to jump into that later service if you can. We want to kind of even it out a little bit so we can have the social distancing. We want to keep everybody safe and healthy. So keep those things in mind. We're in a series now, a new series that uh, we finished up on the uh, uh, the new normal. And we're talking about welcome home. Welcome home because that's what we're getting ready to do. Welcome everybody back. And uh, I want to uh, kick my sermon off tonight, to or this morning, excuse me, to say part of welcoming home is we've been through the wilderness, so we don't want you to waste your wilderness. And uh, before we get started, Pastor Michael's kind of started this tradition of having some funny things, and I just wanted to go through some things. We've seen the church signs, and uh, we want to, I want to go through a few things of some of the funny face masks. I am going to be so glad when we don't have to wear these things anymore. But there's a few funny ones that are out there. Um, I like this guy here. It's kind of like the doggy shelter thing here. Um, no, I don't want to wear one of those. And uh, <laughs> here's a guy who took it to the extreme, and I definitely don't want to wear one of those. Maybe you've seen somebody in some kind of outfit like that. Uh, here's one for you. I'm, I'm just going to leave it there. Some of you people know who this is. Some of you have no idea. Ask about it. Uh, but this group called Devo, I guess they were ahead of their time with the pandemic. And uh, I like uh, somebody put their cat in a mask there. So it's kind of creepy looking to me. The last one is my favorite one here. Uh, salad, anybody? That's... Uh, uh, I've never seen anybody with that, and if I do, I'm probably leaving the store or wherever it is that I see that. So, let's jump right into the Word of God today, um, and we're talking about, again, welcome home, and I want to speak about don't waste your wilderness. So, uh, uh, let's jump right into the Scripture. The psalmist said in Psalm 78, 19, can God really spread a table in the wilderness. Can God spread a table in the wilderness? Some of you during this time of pandemic, you may have thought, you know, where is God? I mean, is he doing anything? And we'll talk about that in just a moment. But God is doing plenty. And and the psalmist of all people, David had seen so many great things that God had done, but he got to that question. And I got to tell you, sometimes when we get in these situations of wilderness, we wonder where God's at. And so he asked the question, can God spread a table in the wilderness. Hopefully we'll answer that. But uh, I want to start with this. The first point that I want to make is that in the wilderness, 
there's times that we need to embrace the wilderness. Pastor, I don't, I don't want to embrace the wilderness. Well, you're in it. You've been in it for months now. And uh, I, I think we need to sometimes embrace what's going on. There's a lot of battles that are going on right now. Still, even though we're hopefully towards the end of this, there's still a lot of battles. There's still health battles. I was telling someone just a few moments ago, I, I got a call this week and um, uh, f- to do a funeral. And since this pandemic started, I've either, with memorial services and funerals, I think I'm up to five during this time. And so there's a lot of health situations. I've done funerals for my own family uh, that uh, we, we've, we've lost some people uh, with the COVID and with other things that are going on. And so there's a lot of battles going on with health and it's real. There's financial battles. Many of you listening right now, you've been through some financial battles. Maybe your job uh, shut down. Maybe uh, uh, it, got, it got curved uh, a little bit and it went back some and you're not getting as many hours. Businesses have definitely been affected by this. Uh, marriages. There's, there's a lot of marriages that have been affected by this pandemic and a lot of the struggles there. Food. I was in a grocery store sometime back and and I was down this one aisle and I I went to the spam. Yes, I eat spam. Uh, but I went there and the sign said, limit two per customer. And I thought, spam is quarantined and you're down to two think loaves of spam. I guess that's the proper thing. And everybody knows about the uh, toilet paper uh, madhouse of everybody hoarding it and getting it and trying to find it. Um, Another battle that goes on through all of this is homeschooling. I mean, uh, my wife and I, we're a little sadistic in this. We've had to laugh at uh, like Facebook and different people talking about homeschooling like, it, oh, it's terrible because first of all, all of our kids are grown so we don't have to be concerned about it. And second of all, we homeschooled all four of our children all the way through graduation. So suck it up, you know, and, and just get it done. But some of the biggest battles that we face during this time, they've been fear, anxiety, pride, lust, comparison, doubt, discouragement, disappointment, and maybe the biggest one of all, loneliness, especially for some of our seniors who are by themselves during this time. And there's an an extra weight of fear on them. Uh, So there's a lot of those things. So uh, when we talk about these battles, I, I think about sports. Sports a lot of times are compared to battle. Um, you know, it, it, it maybe shouldn't be because you catch a ball or run a ball. You shouldn't be comparing yourself to a soldier who puts their life at risk all the time. But we use those metaphors in it. And I was thinking back in, in way, way back when in, in high school, I can remember my freshman year playing football and breaking my nose. I mean, I'm on the field. It's actually the opening of the game, and I did make the tackle. Uh, That's always important if you get hurt. But I I broke my nose, blood all over my jersey. And uh, and just for a side note here, it takes zero talent to break your nose. So I can remember running to the sideline, you know, excited. I'd done something. The blood's all over me. And the coach said, go see the trainer. Now, back then in the early 70s, trainers were basically the guys who didn't make the football team, but the coach just wanted to keep them around so they didn't have training like they do today. And they would do one or two things with you. They would 
put this cream, hot cream on you if it was a muscle thing, or they would spray you with this freeze spray. Uh, and they always would wrap whatever it was with an ace bandage. And I can remember going to the sideline and they took my helmet off and started wrapping. And as the pressure hit my nose, I realized that there's something wrong. And, uh, and how do you know it's wrong? And that's, well, really because pressure always finds the fracture. And even when I went to the hospital, I remember the doctor pushing on the nose. And, and he said, yep, it, it's broken because I like to jump out of my skin. And we are finding fractures right now in our lives during this time of wilderness that we've been in. And as we are coming out of this and getting ready to, to come home uh, to the way things uh, um, should be, maybe, uh, we found a lot of fractures because pressure has been applied to us. Uh, we're finding fractures and problems that we didn't even know existed before we went into this pandemic. Um, you know, we can, we can pretend it doesn't exist, but if you break something, you can't pretend any longer once that pressure is applied. Uh, we found fractures in our faith. Uh, we found fractures in our family. We've even found fractures in our character of things that we need to work on. Because again, when uh, the pressure is applied, it finds the fracture. And you can't win a battle if you pretend it doesn't exist uh, in those things. Because uh, just a little saying here, before God can heal, he has to reveal it. So if it, some of the stuff that's been happening in our wilderness, God has been revealing things to us. I know in my life, God's revealed some areas of my life that I need to change and, and that I've been working on to change those things. Because before he can heal it, God has to reveal it. And so in the scripture, uh, in Luke 4, 8, this is like the first message that Jesus was giving uh, in, early in his ministry. And he said, the spirit of the Lord is on me. Because he has anointed me to proclaim the good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and the recovery of sight to the blind. And to set the oppressed free to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. So the Lord here is telling us, I've come here to apply some pressure, but also to bring healing to you. So that's the, the first one that we need to embrace we need to embrace the wilderness. The uh, next thing, we need to let God guide us through. We need to let God guide us through the wilderness. In Galatians 5.25, says, Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. I like that uh, scripture. It says, let us keep step. It's actually a military term. You know, if you've ever been in the military, if you have, thank you so much for your service. Or if you've ever watched a military show on TV or in a movie, uh, you know that the sergeant or the captain or whoever, when he's got his soldiers in line and they're marching, he will command them what to do. You've heard it, lift, 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 right, lift. And all the soldiers are in unison and they're marching the same way. God wants us to listen to his Holy Spirit and he wants us to keep step with what the Spirit leads us into doing. So many times I know I get in trouble when I get out of step with what God is telling me to do. So 
God wants to do for us in the middle of the wilderness or even towards the end of the wilderness now, God wants to do for us what he did for the children of Israel when they were in the wilderness. Children of Israel, they had been slaves for over 400 years to Egypt. Uh, they prayed, they asked God, Lord, send us a deliverer, send us a leader, send us someone who will bring us out of this. And God gave them Moses. You know the story, many of you know the story. And Moses brings him out of Egypt and right on the cusp of the promised land. And the only problem was it should have taken about 40 days to get there. And it took them 40 years. And the problem was this, their bodies were free from Egypt. But their spirit and their minds were still back in Egypt. So their bodies were free, but their hearts were still captive. They were constantly, every time something would go wrong, every time a problem would arise, they would talk about going back to Egypt. One time even saying, let's kill Moses and go back to Egypt. And so many times for us, when we're in our wilderness, uh, even after this is over, you'll still go through wilderness times. And so many times we want to backpedal instead of pressing forward. So they get Moses and jump ahead a little bit. Moses gets them to the edge of the promised land. And as he gets them there to the edge of the promised land, his days are numbered. He dies and Joshua is picked to lead them into the promised land. Now Joshua is an interesting pick. <clears throat> Joshua, you see, he struggled with fear. He struggled with worry. And before he could lead others into battle, he had to win that battle within himself. Uh, why? Because uh, uh, he needed to be victorious in order to lead others into victory. And this is us today. We need to win this war within. Uh, when we get back, it doesn't mean it's going to be easy street when we get back here. There's going to be battles that we have to fight. And we need to be prepared for that. We need to take this wilderness time to prepare ourselves. Why? Because we very well may be somebody else's Joshua. Moses picked him. God picked him actually. So if you want to know what your calling is, get close to the caller. Listen, this pandemic that we've been through over the last few months, it did not catch God by surprise. Uh, and some of you would say to that, well, what is God doing? God is doing what he always does. And that is he takes what the enemy meant for evil and he turns it for good. Let me give you a couple examples of that. Easter, just a few weeks back. It is the biggest celebration in Christendom. It is the, the, the most people will attend church. More people will give their hearts to, Lord, to the Lord. It is like the, the high holy day of Christianity. And it's like the enemy said, uh-uh, 2020, no Easter this year, you know. It's like in, in the old Christmas movie, The Grinch Who Stole Christmas. You know, if he could take away all the stuff, Christmas wouldn't exist. Well, that's kind of, I think, what the enemy was thinking for Easter this year. And God says, not, not so fast, big boy. I've got something for you. You see, instead of people gathering together in big facilities, I'm going to open up millions of homes and my gospel is going to be piped into them. And they're going to celebrate with family, with friends, and more people are going to come to me that day. Because what the enemy meant for evil, God will turn for good. 
The enemy says, you know what? I'm going to shut down some businesses. I'm going to cause businesses to slow down. And God says, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to speak to my people. And they're going to become more generous than ever before. And there's been more uh, acts of generosity during this time than, than ever before. The government says, we're going to make an order. And this isn't anti-government. It's just, we're going to make an order. You're going to have to stay home. You can't go out. You're going to have to, to wear masks anytime you do walk out the door. But we're asking every family just stay inside and hunker down. And the enemy says, there, that'll drive them crazy. And God says, wait, wait a minute. We've had a problem in families. Mom and dad work so hard, they barely ever get to see each other. Kids don't really know their fathers because they're working two jobs. And, and, and moms and dads aren't getting along <clears throat> because they never see each other. And God says, you know what, I'm going to take this time and we're going to slow it down a little bit. And husbands and wives are going to get to know each other again. Children are going to be able to get spend time with their daddy and with their mom. And we're going to see things happen <clears throat> that have needed to happen uh, for a long time. So what the enemy means for bad, God can turn it for good. The next thing is, we need to recognize that in the wilderness, there are battles <clears throat> and there are blessings. Now, some people only see the battle. That's all they ever see is just the battle. That, uh, that everything that can go wrong will go wrong. They have the Eeyore syndrome. Thistles, I'd say thistles, but nobody would listen. Some of you'll get that, some of you don't. Everything is negative, everything is a battle. And then you got the other people where everything is a blessing. I mean, they could be in an accident and their leg could be hanging on by a tendon, you know, and you could say, Brother, are you okay? Yes, sir, I'm blessed, I'm blessed, I'm blessed. No, you're not, you're dying, you know. Some people will only see the battle. And some people will only see the blessing. We need to be more balanced than that. Because listen, no matter how good things are in your life, there is always something that you can work on. And no matter how bad things are, there is always something that you can be grateful for. So understand that. So God prepared Joshua ahead of time to be Moses' apprentice, to be his assistant, and to eventually take over and be the leader. In, uh, in uh, the, the Word of God, in Numbers 13, 16, it's not up here, but you can look at it later. Moses gave Joshua his name. Before Moses changed his name, it was Hoshea. And Hoshea means salvation. And God, or Moses changed his name to Joshua. And Joshua means God is my salvation. God is my salvation. So Hoshea is salvation. Joshua means God is my salvation. In Exodus 17, read it. It's a great chapter. Uh, Exodus 17, Moses sends Joshua into battle. And he says, Joshua wants you to go face the Amalekites. They have been tormenting us. They've been raiding our camps. They've been stealing from us. There's been violence. I want you to go against the Amalekites. I want you to wipe them out. And, you know, Joshua's, I mean, he's ready for this because, you know, his people have trained. Well, wait a minute. No, they've been laying bricks for 400 years and making bricks. That was their training. But God says to, to Moses, send him out there. So Joshua pretty much says, Moses, okay, what are you going to do? 
well, I'm going to go up there on that rock and I'm going to pray while you guys are fighting. And so long story short, Joshua and the men, they go to battle and they're fighting the Amalekites and Moses is praying. And the Bible says that when Moses' hands are lifted, the Israelites are winning. But when his hands get weary and they start to fall down, the Israelites start losing. Joshua probably doesn't notice this because he's in battle. And if he takes his eye off the battle, he's probably going to die. But uh, two men, Aaron and her, go by Moses and they start to lift his hands. And, and, and they hold them up for him when he's weary. And as that's going on, the Israelites, Joshua leads the people into victory. Now, I don't know about you, but if you've ever played sports and you won, there is this adrenaline rush that you get. So I kind of picture Joshua like they've defeated the last Amalekite. He's down. He's no, longer, he's no longer there to fight them. They've beat them all. They are probably like high-fiving, chest-bumping, pouring Gatorade or whatever they had over top Joshua. They're celebrating big time here. And Moses... He tells the guys around him, this is what I want you to do. I want you to make an altar, and I want you to write everything down that just happened, the prayer that took place. And he brings Joshua aside, and he says, Joshua, you're good, but you're not that good, you see? And he tells him the whole story of how he was praying, and the Lord is the one and he says, no longer will you be Hoshea. You're not the salvation. You're not the one that won this battle. But you're Joshua. God is the salvation. He's the one that won this battle for you. So that's where the name changed. It's no longer you're the one that saves it's God that saves. I am so grateful that God is my salvation. Not just when he saved my soul and forgave my sins, but every day of my life, he is my salvation. And I like the name change. You know, God wants to, wants to call us by name. The other thing that happens like in sports a lot of times, I've had my bell rung a couple times, concussions. And back in the day, you know, I can remember playing sports and getting a concussion. And they would just put a smelling salt under your nose and th hold some fingers up. And you were back in the game if you got close to it. But uh, I, I can remember being in an accident one time, a bad accident. And, and I woke up in the hospital. And the first thing they asked me, what's your name. You know, if you can't remember your name, then you're in trouble. And God wants, to, wants us to know that we have a name. We have a name. We have the Lord Jesus Christ over us. And, uh, and that name also gives us power. We need to know who we are in all of this. So don't forget your name. The next thing is we need to linger with God in the wilderness. What do you mean we need to linger with God in the wilderness? Let me show you a couple of scriptures here. In Exodus 24, 13, Moses and Joshua went up on the mountain of God. Moses would go up there and, and speak with God. So he takes Joshua up there with him. And then in Exodus 33, 11, the Lord would speak to Moses face to face as one who speaks to a friend. Then Moses would return to camp. But his young aide Joshua the son of Nun did not leave the tent or didn't leave the presence of God that was there. Uh, he lingered 
in the presence of God. We linger on a lot of things these days. I mean, we linger on fake book, I mean, Facebook and, and, and tickety-tock and all these, you know, all these Instagrams and all of these things. We'll linger on a video game for hours. We'll sit in front of a TV for four hours and watch a football game. Or some of you maybe have, ex- have gone through the whole Hallmark Channel during this pandemic. But what are the things we linger on? When uh, Penny and I were dating, that would have been over 42 years ago now, Uh, but when Penny and I were dating, we lived long distance even though we were 30 miles apart, and I I would call her. Now, mom and dad didn't want me, you know, putting long distance on their phone bill, so uh, what I would do is I had a coffee can and I would keep change in it. And I would go down to the phone booth. Look those up in your history lessons. Uh, but I would go to the phone booth and deposit money. And I would call Penny and we would talk. And you, you know the thing, how it goes. Okay, thank you, bye, love you too. Yeah, you hang up. No, you hang up. And all three of us would get in that conversation. What do, you, what do you mean three? Well, me, Penny, and the lady who ever so often would come on and say, that'll be 25 cents for the next three minutes, please. You guys don't know the hardships of, of those times of dating long distance back in the day. But Joshua, he lingered with God. He stayed behind and spent time with God. Don't, don't waste your wilderness. Don't waste it. Linger with God. I got to tell you this, on the good side of all of this over the last few months, I have listened to more sermons, I have listened to more worship than ever before. I think one Sunday, I listened to like five sermons on a Sunday, just, you know, old friends from college and old uh, 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 friends that I knew years ago. I would find them uh, in their live stream and listen and some, uh, some that I've wanted to listen to. Yes, I listened to Pastor Michael or Pastor Joel or whoever was preaching and and the different guests that we've had in. Uh, But I would also go out and do some things that I normally couldn't do. Linger in the presence of God. Listen, what if God chose Joshua to lead Israel in the wilderness because Joshua chose God in the wilderness while he was still there? And the next thing is, there is a time to leave the wilderness. There's a time to leave the wilderness. In the story of Joshua getting ready to go into the promised land, Moses tells Joshua and 11 other guys, he says, look, I want you to go in and I want you to scout out the promised land. I want you to go in there and I want you to bring back a report of what you see. Let us know what's going on because we want to go in there. We've been waiting all this time. And, uh, So the 12 spies go in, and the first two we hear about are Joshua and Caleb. They come out. They're carrying a cluster of grapes that's so big that it takes two of them to carry it, and they're just like gushing. Man, it is flowing with milk and honey. They are great. I mean, it's just beautiful. It's awesome. And then there's 10 others, and they are named there, but, you know, so the 10 others, I'll just call them the 10 sissy babies, you know, they, uh, uh, they come out and they're saying, we, we can't go in. There, there's giants there. Well, of course there's giants. The grapes are so big, they're for the big giants. They're going to be ours now. But he says, they, the, the other 10, the babies, they go, We can't do it. And then they said something very interesting. They said, we 
are like grasshoppers in our eyes. Therefore, we're grasshoppers in their eyes too. Listen, I'm going to tell you what. Anytime you're down on yourself, the enemy will always agree with you. They said, we think of ourselves as grasshoppers. Therefore, they do too. If you go around saying, you know, I'm so unworthy, the devil will say, yes, you are. If you say, I'm not good enough, the enemy will say, absolutely, you'll never be good enough. If you say, I'm too weak, or I don't have the talent, or I don't have the skill, or I don't have this, I can't, I can't, I can't. The enemy will always agree with your negative statements. Always. And the ten, the ten babies, they said, we can't do it. And they start telling everybody how bad it is. And let me tell you something, negative news always spreads faster than positive news. It takes off. I mean, you know, fear is contagious. It's more contagious than COVID. It's more contagious than any other disease out there. Fear is contagious. The 10 focused on the size of the enemy. The two focused on the size of God. We need to focus on the right thing. Joshua lingered with God not the size of the problem. He'd been spending time with God. So as you linger in his presence, listen to this. I've said this a couple times. Don't waste your wilderness. Whether it's another week or two weeks or three weeks, even after we come back and we welcome everybody back into the building, you're still going to go through wildernesses at times in your life. Don't waste it. Let God bring you through that. And as you linger in his presence, he will prepare you for the battles ahead. In Matthew 1.21, the angel spoke to Joseph and he said this, she will give birth to a son and you are to give him the name Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. Now, the angel said you'll call him Jesus. He'll save his people. The word Jesus in the Hebrew is pronounced Yeshua. We would pronounce Yeshua as Joshua. And so, yes, Jesus. Joshua, who said the Lord will save, is the forerunner of Jesus. Jesus is the Joshua that leads us into the promised land. No matter what your battle is, he will lead you into a blessing. And the greatest gift that you can have given to you. The greatest one that you can receive is the gift of eternal life. In the midst of this pandemic, in the midst of all of the stuff that's going on, in the midst of all the negative news, the best thing that can happen is for us to surrender our life to Jesus. To give our hearts, our souls, our minds, everything to Him. You can be redeemed in the middle of this or at the end of this. Can you imagine telling people years from now, you know, I remember in the year of the pandemic, 2020, I surrendered my life to Jesus Christ. So I would invite you to do this. You know, make sure that you don't waste your wilderness. If you don't know Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, I want you to take this moment and ask Him to come into your heart. Because he will lead you through this wilderness. He will guide you through this. And he will save you. And yes, you'll face other wildernesses. But you won't do it 
as Hoshea, you'll do it as Joshua because it's God that saves. So if you would right now, if you could pray this prayer with me, if you want to receive Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, I've got it on the board for you. You can look at it and think about the words. You can look at it again later uh, and follow with me. But just say this along. Maybe you are a Christian and, and you just let this time pull you away from God some. It's okay to repent again and just say, okay, Lord, I kind of want to get a fresh start here. But will you pray this with me? Father, thank you for loving me. Thank you for sending Jesus to bring freedom into my heart, to save me from sin. Today, I put my trust in you. I receive your grace and your forgiveness. I give you my life. I invite you, Holy Spirit, to help me win that war that's within and to live the life that you have called me to. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, if you prayed that prayer and you're on the online, you can click on there and let us know at the bottom. Let us know that you made a decision for Christ. You can contact us if you would like to be contacted. Let us know so that we can reach out to you. We would love to pray with you, talk with you, and just get you started on this journey. We're here for you. And this church, True Life, we're here as well, like Joshua, to help you get through that wilderness to help you understand that God will get you through it. And those of you that maybe you're a little afraid about coming home, we want you to know, we want you to come out. If you're not comfortable at first, we understand that. There's no pressure. There's no, there's no condemnation. But we're opening up for you, and we want you to be here with us. I want to pray a prayer of blessing over you before we dismiss, if you would. Father God, I thank you and praise you. Lord, I actually thank you for a time of wilderness that we could grow in you, that we could get close to you, that we would learn that we need to depend upon you, God, that we would keep step with you, Lord. I just pray, God, that you would just touch each and every one that's listening right now, God, and that you would help them as we come back home, Lord. I praise you and I thank you in the name of Jesus. Amen. God bless you.